the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. Couple minutes after 4. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. How's it going? Forecast, a lot of sun, some clouds heading our way as the day progresses. 95 the high, 74 the low tonight. Might get a shower, thunder shower tomorrow on the cloudy side. A shower, thunder shower too, uh, late in the day especially and or in the evening. Tomorrow's high, 90. Very special show uh, today. want to jump right in. I'm glad today to bring on a very old friend. Well, old friend, emphasis on the friend, not the old. We're both young, right? Tammy. Oh my gosh. My old friend, it's it's surprising she can still walk. No, no. In fact, you, you, you there's one thing you're known for, it's your energy that that continues on. That's true. Yeah. That's T- true. I'm I'm hanging on to that energy which is keeping me as youthful as possible right now as I've I've, I've as I've crossed over that threshold of 50 years old and now creeping on to 52. I just I saw a guy at my house yesterday that was looking at cutting down some trees and he said, "You know, I was here about 10 years ago cutting down some trees for you, and you just, you have an age. What are we, like, the same age? And I said, well, I'm 52. And he's like, no, you're not. And I said, how old are you? And he was, like, late 30s. So I love that he thought I was late 30s. And, (laughs) you know, he went on to say, what are you drinking? What are you eating? And, you know, honestly, Tim, I look at that moment, and I always look at these moments um, as God's setups for me. And I had a second just to speak something into his life without being too preachy. And so I just said, you know what? I said, look, we've all been through something. I said, I've been through some heavy stuff, some really dark stuff in my life, and and I can either choose to cling to that stuff and everything that I feel like I lost and that I don't have, or I can look at the things that I do have in my life and what has God given me in my life that I can put my energy into. And I said, so if, if I spend all my time, or if we spend all of our time thinking about the negative and what we've lost and how hard life is, I said, then then the heavy comes on us, and it's like, the dark cloud, and I said, nobody wants to be around that. If you're fighting to, to come out of that, you want to be around people that are filled with life and filled with hope. And I said, so I have just chosen, I've gone through healing, and I've, I've gone through all of that grief in my life, but I've come on the other side of that. So I've chosen now to say, look at what God has done in my life, and what do I have, and where can I, how can I focus on that and let people see that? And he just looked at me, like, for a second, like, processing all of what I just said, and he was like, wow, I mean... Wow, that's that's good. And I said, well, I think that's what you see in my life. I don't have this heaviness on my life. And so if you are looking at my life thinking, what are you drinking? What are you eating? How are you staying youthful or young? I said, I think it's also the choices I'm making in my life to not let the heavy attach itself to my life and bring me down spiritually and mentally and physically. So I said, I think it's just those simple things in my life that I have chosen to come out of the darkness and let the light lead me. And he just, he literally was like, wow, okay, I'm going to cut your trees down for free. That was good advice. <laughs> and the fact that he, he admired your, your uh, appearance at age 52, which is how old I am as well, he'll be cutting trees for a while for you, right? Can you... Exactly. 
<laughs> well, Tammy, Tammy Trent is our guest today, and uh, I've known Tammy for I'm gonna think the first time we we I had you on the radio would have been in the late '90s, so it's been 20 plus years. And That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I was doing radio, uh, music radio at the time. Had you on the show a number of times talking about the songs you were releasing, a lot of them full of uh, big energy and uh, and some that are just more powerful on their own as far as the ballad, perhaps. And um, so let's there are other twists and turns your life has taken since then. So we can get to all that, too. But let's start with the music itself. That very first song that you were known for, Your Love Is For Always, which caught my ear at the beginning. Uh, just chat a bit about how you got to that point You're, as a child, as mu- you know, music, and how important that was to you, or when did it start becoming like, you know what, I'd like to do this maybe if I could. Yeah, you know, I was raised in a great church, a very musical. Uh, my family was very involved in music, and so it was a path that seemed very natural for me to take. I was really involved in my youth group, uh, played the drums in my youth group, and I would sing songs every once in a while when they would ask me to do that. And in my high school, I played percussion in the drums, and I just, music was a massive part of my life. It wasn't my identity, but it was a huge part of my life that brought me so much joy. It was always fun wrapped around music for me, and I loved to dance. And so when I kind of went down that path of, let me try to pursue this and see if, you know, if this might be a call that God has in my life. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it is, but let me go ahead and pursue this. And so I did a demo tape um, many years ago, and I sent it to the industry in Nashville uh, through some friends of mine that were already artists at the time. And so from that sparked a lot of interest and a bunch of record companies flew out to Michigan where I was from. And I ended up signing my first record deal. And so I finished an album and I released a song called Your Love Is For Always. And six weeks later, it hit number one on the Christian hit radio charts around the country. And it was a very danceable song and super fun and it was exactly who I was musically. And I remember in the beginning, there was a lot of record companies that said, man, I just, especially in Christian music, they were thinking, I don't know, it's too fun, it's too danceable, it's, I don't know if it's going to work. And I just said, listen, just give me a chance to be who I am and who I think God called me to be. I don't want to fit into a box. I don't want to do something just because that's what everybody else is doing. Let me be different because that's who I am. And, and I finally, that label that said, we'll, we'll give you a shot, you know, it was such a great... Uh, reward for me when that song went number one, because I basically just said, look, and it's working, it's working, so let me follow this path. And I continue to follow that path with very danceable pop-type music from album to album, because it was just really who I was. And again, I just, I think it was in my DNA, sort of that life, the joy, the movement, it was, it was huge in my life. And so I wanted to follow that throughout my career in music. And a few other number ones followed, some top ten hits, and, and again, it was just a part of my life that didn't define me. During that time, I was married at a younger, young age as well after the, um, I think I was, after the first album came out, something like that, I'm trying to think. Now, I was married first, and then that album came out, and then I asked my husband to come on the road with me full-time in ministry, and so he did, and we were in ministry full-time together throughout the years. We've been married now for 11 years. We went on a mission trip to Jamaica in 2001, and I will never forget standing on the edge of the water um, with so many feelings and so many thoughts, um, thinking, you know, at one moment thinking life couldn't get better than this, you know, all my dreams have come true as far as a little girl wanting to, to make music and and produce albums, you know, all that fun stuff was happening. I was married to my high school sweetheart. 
we had met in our youth group when we were 15. And so this guy's been a part of my life forever. We're traveling in ministry together. It just felt so good and so amazing. And I stood on the edge of the water and he went on a scuba diving expedition on our one day off in Jamaica. And I had no idea standing on the edge of the water, waving goodbye to him, that my whole world was about to change. Yeah, We want to hear about that for sure. Um, first, I want to give folks a taste of the music, including that first single, Your Love Is For Always. Tammy Trent now. AM560 WFIL.com and on the app, Tammy Trent, your love is for always. Quick break. We'll keep our conversation going with Tammy. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM560 WFIL.com and on the WFIL app. Thanks for hanging out today. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Show on WFIL. Tammy Trent's our guest before the break. We played your first single, which went number one, Your Love Is For Always, some years back. Had a bunch of other singles over the years, including this one, Welcome Home. But you were also starting right before the break to share about a very hard day in your life. Hard is an understatement. September 10, 2001. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it was a day that it changed the world forever and it changed my world forever. Um, I said goodbye, uh, waving goodbye to my husband, and he was free diving on the 10th of September in the Blue Lagoon in Jamaica, and um, that's where you hold your breath and uh, without without oxygen, without tanks. So he was holding his breath, going up and down, and I'd waved goodbye to him from the the water's edge, and I was finishing lunch, and he said he'd just be gone for 15 minutes, and then he'd come back and get me, and we'd go do something that I wanted to do, and I remember finishing my lunch, and and watching him come up and down for breath every few minutes. And then 30 minutes had gone by, 45 minutes had gone by into an hour, and I realized that I hadn't seen him. So I got up and I got close to the edge of the water, and I started to look out into the lagoon, and I I saw nothing. And I knew I would have to see him every few minutes come up and down for breath. And just about that time, a boat came into the lagoon, and it circled over the hole where he was free diving, and um, it docked. And it was a moment that took my breath away as I thought, oh my gosh, Trent, I hope that you've heard the boat as you were coming up and down, and, and they were so close to where he was scuba diving. And so just fear at that moment gripped every part of me, realizing I haven't seen him. There's a boat flying around where he is diving, and I just I just was so afraid and so um, helpless at that moment. I didn't know what to do, and, and I got on the phone, and I called um, everybody I could, and, and not one person was even available, not, not one family member was available. I called in a dive team, and they began to search for him while I sat in this back room of this restaurant all by myself. I couldn't reach anybody. I, 
I had nobody there to pray with me, to hold me. I was just literally by myself in this room. And, and I remember just crying and sobbing and asking God to just rescue me from this moment and to rescue my husband. And just, I really didn't know what to say or pray. I felt so numb and I felt like such a loss for words. And almost like I had practiced, though, for this moment my whole life, a girl of faith being raised in the church and and trying to remember every scripture I could I could remember at that moment and just clinging to hope, whatever that even looked like. I just I was so numb and in shock, knowing that something had changed drastically in my life, but not knowing how to fix it. And the only thing I could think to do in that moment was uh, was that feeling of again practicing for these moments our whole life and faith. And I just I lifted up my hands and I began to cry out to God, and I didn't even know what to really say except, like, help me. God, help me. Please rescue me in this moment. God, help me. And then beyond that, I started to sing, because that was something that I could connect with was music. It was such a part of my life, my whole life. So I started to sing every worship song I could think of at that moment. It was songs like, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, and I would sing, Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name, and oh, the blood of Jesus. Like, I was just in this room by myself, and I'm sure I look like a crazy woman to anybody who had walked into that room. Just here I was, this distraught woman of all things, lifting up my hands, singing praise songs to my father, and I think they just, they didn't know what to do with me. And, um, Three hours went by during that search, and the guys came in and said, we have to call the search off, Tammy. We can't find your husband, and it's dark, and we'll have to start in the morning. And I said, then I'll sleep here on the edge of the water because I have nowhere to go. I don't know where I'm supposed to be. We're out in the middle of nowhere. And they said, look, we don't want you to be alone, so we're going to take you up to the home of two doctors that want to watch out for you tonight. And I went up to this home of these two perfect strangers, and I'll never forget the next morning, one of the doctors coming into my room, and he said, Tammy, come quickly. Um, We want to show you the television in the other room. And I'll never forget walking into that room the morning of September 11th, 2001, watching the second plane plow into the Twin Towers in New York City. And I thought for the first time in my life that this must be the end of the world because nothing made sense to me at that moment. I just, I felt so so broken, so in shock, and, and now I'm watching my America's falling apart, my world's falling apart. I just, I just felt that, 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 um, that hopeless lost feeling of just, God, where are you? Where are you when I need you? And I just remember just like, I just didn't understand anything. I was so confused. And, and uh, moments later, the phone rang, and I found out that my family was now grounded on planes all across the country. So not one person could get to me that was close to me, that I needed desperately where I was asking God, please send me somebody, but not one person could get to me. And I thought, God, it's enough. When, it, when, does this, when does this stop? When do you step into this? Like, where are you? I don't understand how this could be good for my life right now. I mean, all those questions that any of us, the humanness of us, would ask God in these broken, shaken moments of our lives, like, where are you, God, when I need you? And then the phone rang again, and it was the doc. They had found Trent, my husband, in that lagoon in that hole about about 150 feet deep and he had been scuba diving with uh, an underwater scooter and he was still hanging onto that scooter but he didn't make it he didn't survive something had struck him on the back of the head and he didn't make it He, he he was gone and I just remember falling to the ground just asking God why 
Like, what part of the plan changed? What part of the plan had to change, God? And what do I do now? What do I do with my life? What do I do with this? He's been a part of my life since I was 15. The greatest spiritual covering this side of heaven in my life. And now it's just gone, and I didn't get to say goodbye. Like, how could God be in something so painful? And I remember just um, just sitting there asking God to show up and do something in my life. And I just wanted to know that God was real, that, that somehow I wouldn't just survive, but that I, would, that I would overcome something so awful in my life. And I think um, that, Tim, began a journey of trusting God, even when your circumstances don't change. And how do you do that? It's something for me that didn't happen overnight. It's been a process for me. I can say that even in my tears, 19 years later, that I'm a woman who is fully healed and who has allowed God to heal my life. But I think this side of heaven, I will always have moments when I tell this story that something will come out of my mouth and I still think like, oh my gosh, like, I cannot believe that this is my story. I cannot believe that this has been my life. And I think sometimes the tears and the emotion also comes from the knowing that God is absolutely capable of healing the worst broken places and moments in our lives. He's done that for me, and it makes me emotional to think that He would care that much about me or that much about you, that if we choose to step into our healing, if we choose to allow God to do a miracle in our marriage, in our finances, in our health, in our education— you know, if we allow God to do those things in our lives, He will show up every time. Now, it might not look like the way we hoped it would, or that's the way we're praying for an outcome, but He doesn't disappoint, and He does stay consistent. Nothing shakes His world when our world is shaken, and I've just had to step into that. I would have loved this to have been a different outcome, but it wasn't. It wasn't the one I prayed for. But do I still believe that God is in it? Do I still believe that He's in the details of my life? Do I still believe that He can turn something awful around and make something beautiful out of it, I have had to choose to step into that. And when I did, and when I looked at, okay, what do I have in life now? How can I do something with this pain? That is when ultimate healing has come in my life through the years. You know my heart You've seen the dark That sees inside my heart The face that sees my heart AM560WFIL.com on the app Tammy Trent's Edge of the Water Quick break Keep our conversation with Tammy going here Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 431, the Tim DeMoss Show. Some clouds tonight, maybe a shower, thunder shower, eventually a low of 74 tomorrow on the cloudy side. Shower, thunder shower too uh, later in the day or in the evening. Tomorrow's high 90. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we're chatting with Tammy Trent, pop singer, Christian music singer, artist, author, TammyTrent.com. We can find out more about her. Uh, but also, uh, you know, share a story about the loss uh, of her husband on the 10th of September, 2001, uh, on the program today. 
it might be natural to make sense, uh, you know, want to make sense of things or over time, God teaches you things. And maybe you see uh, the fruit of, of ministries since then, that, that how God has allowed you to be used in, in speaking and many different events and sharing your story. So you may draw some encouragement and even purpose or, or and comfort from that. Yet, does it occur to you, like, and I think it does, you're kind of saying there, um, it doesn't have to mostly make sense even yet. Like, like you've gotten your mind around it most of most of the way, and eventually, yeah. Yeah. like there's still maybe a huge chunk of it that that is not going to be for you to know just yet. Yes, yes, Tim. Honestly, I mean that's a really great um, conversation right there. I think um, if if I was being 100 percent honest, which I really always try to be, especially with this story, because I just it won't benefit anybody if you try to sugarcoat something or make it what it's not or what it is, whatever. But it's like just talk honestly about healing and what that's looked like. Um, but I think that statement right there, I, I, I believe for me, yes, even in my healing, that I don't think I'm going to fully understand the whole picture, probably until I see Jesus face to face. Honestly, it's like, I think I'll always question some parts of the story and just, I'll always wonder a little bit why. Now, I can obviously see the hand of God in in a lot of this and see how you know, God allowed something to happen in my life because he saw it would serve a greater purpose. So I've been able to see the greater purpose, but it doesn't mean I come home after an event and go, man, that was, I'm so glad you chose me, even through the pain, and man, it just really is awful, but man, it's it's so great. Man, that's not always the case for me. There's times after an event I hit the pillow and I just kind of still think, I wish you chose somebody else because I, I hate this part of the plan. God, I know that your plan hasn't changed. Mine did. And I don't like it every day. And sometimes it's it's hard for me still to carry this. I mean, I still have moments around my house here that my husband and I built together where, you know, I wish I had the muscle of, of him to fix something and I and I, I'm not strong enough to do it and I, I'll sit on the ground in the in the yard and just weep, you know, because the lawnmower won't start, you know, and I think, Oh, if he was here he would be able to do this, but I've gotta do all of it now and Yes, I hate that. So I think there's always going to be a bit of that, you know, kind of wondering the full picture of God, why you allowed all of this to happen. I don't, I don't believe you took Trent, because I believe you are a God of increase. So if I believe that, then then God is in the business of bringing increase and wholeness into our lives. He doesn't take from us, especially good, godly things in our lives. So I don't believe He took Trent for one moment, but I do believe He allowed things to happen. And those are things I don't fully understand. And I don't think I ever will until I get to sit down with Jesus under the tree of life and have a great, grand conversation. Tammy Trent, our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show. Um, share, Tammy, if you would, about healing in your life, what that has looked like in the role of choosing uh, to act on your part and, and how that has been part of, of healing. Yeah, it's uh, that is a whole nother thing. I mean, we have to get to a place of of really allowing God to heal our lives from the brokenness. And honestly, the first few years of, of this journey for me, I didn't really want to step into my healing because it almost made me feel like, even though I said I wanted to be healed and prayed for healing, I felt like, okay, if I step into that, that means that, that I've moved on and I've, I've got to now stop talking about Trent or a relationship or the good days or the bad days. If I, you know, if I step into my healing, then I've only got to be just positive Patty every single day. And I don't feel that every single day. So I kind of just, I was almost afraid of what healing, if that makes sense, it's so strange to say, but what that would even look like and what that would mean for me. And so 
it took me a while to finally get to that place of saying, okay, um, I'm going to choose healing. And, and sometimes, Tim, healing is hard. Healing is actually a process, and it's really, really painful and hard, even in itself, because you have got to choose to let go of some things. You've got to choose to trust God in the middle of your circumstances when none of it makes sense. You don't even know the process of healing, whether that's going to be a week or two or a year or five years. You know, so it's like when you get to that place of deciding and choosing to step into your healing, I think it's the unknown. And so that's a place of really ultimate trust, um, really trusting somebody with all the pieces of your life. And, um, and for me, you know, I've had trust issues my whole life. I still struggle with it. It's probably why I'm still not in a relationship because, you know, I see other relationships around me, some of my friends, and I just think, ew, who wants that? That looks horrible. <laughs> you know, like, like, that's just not a good relationship. So I have trust issues. So even trusting God has been a process for me to yield everything and surrender things in my life to, to God, whom I've never, you know, I've never seen face to face and just have had to put my faith and trust that He is there and He has my best interest. And when I finally trusted him on that level and stepped into my healing, that's when the process became very real. But it is a choice. Well, you and know, you, we, you said it, Tammy, that the word healing, what does he actually, as you're talking, I'm thinking, what is healing supposed to be anyway? Because some people think it means, uh, you know, it's all the way better and I don't even see a scar. I don't see anything. It's all, it's all uh, better now. And yet yeah. I, that's not what healing is because I think that's part of why people may struggle with wanting to heal is because, this huge thing happened in my life. In your case, the loss of your husband in such a dramatic way, and also 9-11 the next day. What does healing even look like? What does that mean? You know, what is that supposed right. to be, right? Exactly, exactly. And I'm angry about it still. You know, those early days, I was like, I'm, I'm upset. So what does healing even look like with that? Am I supposed to not be upset and, and angry and just like, I mean, all, it is, there's so much involved in healing. And it looks different for every single person. That's why sometimes I'll get, you know, emails that come in like, how did you do it? How do you find joy again? How do you? And it's like, honestly, sometimes I don't know how to answer somebody, uh, you know, it, perfectly, of course, because at one, I don't know their backstory. Two, I don't know them. I don't know the journey. But, you know, your, our DNA is also wrapped up into a lot of that. Like, I'm a person in my DNA. I'm quick to laugh. I'm quick to forgive. I'm quick to not hold on to baggage and let something hold me back. I'm quick to move. I'm quick to find the light. I chase after the light, and I run away from the darkness. That's always been in my DNA and in my personality. Hmm. Now, if you're a person that struggles with depression, anxiety, fear, worry, and it has such a grip on your life, healing is going to be very difficult for you, and it's going to take a lot more work than it has taken me because I'm not a woman who is led by fear. I am not a girl that struggles with depression. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Yeah. Um, and anxiety, all those things. I've got my own other issues in my life. <laughs> That's a no, whole yeah. other testimony. But but this, those are things that are not a part of my DNA, and I'm thankful for that. So it was easier for me once I decided to step into healing to process through a lot of other things, but I didn't have those things attached to my life. So everybody's journey back to healing and, and through hope also is going to be very different and look very different. But, you know, if you, that means if you've got to get books, if you've got to surround yourself with amazing people that speak life into your spirit, it's like find a great church, get into a gym, you know, get some exercise. If that's just, if all you can do is get outside and walk the neighborhood, it's like you've got to make intentional choices to also, if you're talking about healing, 
then what does that look like? It looks different, but you've got to make some choices to move in that direction. And that is some very intentional choices with everything concerning your life, whether it's the music you're listening to, the books you're reading, the movies you're seeing, the DVDs you're, you're jumping into. You know, when you get into your car, what music are you listening to there? Are you listening to hip-hop and pop radio and, you know, stuff that's just keeping you in that place of discouragement? Or are you listening to music that's going to lift your spirit and push you towards the things, the truth of God's Word for your life and what He says about your life and situation? Tammy Tran, our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. We've got a quick break. We'll keep our chat with Tammy going in just a moment. You're listening to AM560, WFIL.com, and on the app. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 443 on the Tim DeMoss Show. Tammy Trent, our guest today. I remember seeing a video where you uh, shared about how you grew up in the church. Uh, You learned about the Lord. You had a relationship with him, and after your husband's uh, passing, Trent, um, you asked, now what? What do I believe? Do I still believe? To what extent do I believe? How hard of a question was that for you, and and actually answering it? Honestly, Tim, again, um, I could probably, if I was being honest with you again, I would tell you truly that even standing on the edge of the water, um, when I knew my whole world had changed and um, my whole life had changed and Trent was gone, um, I can tell you that even in that darkest moment of my life, um, I could tell you that I still believed, that I still knew that I was loved, that I still knew that God was um, in that moment with me. Um, I had no doubt that um, I would lean into Jesus through this. I had been um, practicing my whole life growing up in faith and in church for um, for these defining moments. I mean, this is what we talk about. Like, either we believe in the good times and the bad times, or we don't. And it's easy to believe when everything is going great all around us, but when our world is shaken and something shifts and changes, either we still believe in that moment or we, we go down a path of believing now that God has abandoned us and He's not interested in our lives anymore. And I just didn't want to, I didn't want to go down one of those paths. I, and I didn't believe that. I have always believed since I was a little girl that through the good and the bad, even if my life changes, in a direction I wasn't hopeful for, I know that that God's love for me will never change, and I know that His um, Him cheering me on to be able to say to me one day that you did well, Tammy. You did well. You were faithful. I think I just I clung to that more than anything, and I want to be able to hear Him say one day to me that. That through it all, you were faithful, and um, and I'm proud of you. And I think that's what I'm hanging on to. I want to finish strong, Tim. I want to um, I want to give God glory um, through all the different phases of my life. And I don't always do it perfectly, that's for sure. But I that's my intention 
to to bring glory to God and let Him use my life. It's not my own, but use my life um, for for greater things. And I want to be able to finish strong, whatever that looks like. No matter how much longer I have on this earth, I want to finish strong. And and uh, and then one day I'll see Trent again and be able to say, "Man, I, I missed you like crazy, but uh, here we are today." And that's the hope the hope of eternity, and that's what I talk about as well, man. If we, if we are not anchored to hope and our salvation is not anchored to the hope of Christ, then, man, it's, um, we're, we're slightly lost. So for me, I'm not lost. I'm found, <laughs> and I yeah. am waiting for that day when I get to see Jesus face-to-face. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, Tammy's albums <clears throat> over the years, um, she gets six or seven full albums, and... Um, you know, the first several were full, and you had some ballads on them too. But a lot of, a lot of juice, a lot of energy, a lot of pop and fun, <laughs> right? And then, um, yeah. then yeah, I remember the last time I think we actually had a conversation was when the Stronger album came out, and it had the song mm. "Edge of the Water" on it. Mm. So that would have been yeah. yeah, ten, twelve years ago, twelve years ago maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but then since then, uh, just on the music side, you had one more album since then. I, I don't think we connected in conjunction with that one, the Sunny Days album. Yeah. It came out, right? Yep. Yeah. So, um, yep, yep. do you think, and, and actually, I was listening to the title track of that. It, it sounded like a little Kesha sound to that. Did you, did you, was that intentional? <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? The little, the little rappy part, minus all the oh stuff. Oh, my gosh. Tim, I think every one of, almost every one of my albums has had a rap on it, you know, where, where you know, DJ Madge or Mike on the microphone, whomever, you know, one of these guys coming in and, and doing the rap thing because that's what they do. And I've always loved it. It's been it's hyped up the track, like everybody move with it and you know, different tracks like that. And so every time I'm I'm on an on an, uh, a platform, you know, even when I when I was out with Revolve and I did this song Pray, you know, I'd be in these arenas with like, you know, ten, fifteen thousand teenage girls and I'm, I'm with my band, and we're playing Pray, and it's got a rap in it. And I'd come to that, and I was like, you know, I, obviously I don't have somebody else rapping it here, so I'm going to rap it. You know, and I'd be up there dancing my butt off and running across the stage and going, you all both on my back every day trying to make that pay, and the girls would just go nuts. And I'm just like, you know, how hilarious that they loved it so much. So I was loving it, and I'm like, you know, I can pull this off. So when I went in the studio it was recording Sunny Days, I was like, look, how hard can this be to write, you know, to write a rap, a two, three, four sentence? And, and I realized later that, man, this is really hard. I knew I will never want to be a rapper again, but it was hard to write it. But I had so much fun in the studio. I said, look, let me just, let me just do this since I'm going to be the girl on the platform that's going to end up rapping it anyway. And honestly, loved it, loved it. It's, it's a fun rap on sunny days and it's so me. And every time I hit a platform and do it, it's the same reaction. These women at these women's events, go nuts. And I don't know if it's because I'm a white girl trying to rap, but I've got my hands going and I've got my feet stomping and I'm just like in their face and shouting out. And they're just screaming and I'm dancing. And I'm like, you know, but I feel like I'm a bit of a cheerleader in that moment for those women that are sitting in the seats or now they're standing on their feet. They're clapping, they're moving too. And I'm, I'm cheering them on in those moments, in those places going like, look, keep fighting for life. Keep fighting, keep pressing through your circumstances. There is hope. The sun will shine again. The rain cannot last forever. You can do this. And look at if God can do this in my life, he can do it in your life. But you got to make some choices right now. So keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, and let God do something beautiful with the story and the pieces of your life. Perfect segue to quick sample of one of your singles, one of my favorites. 
Everybody move with it. DJ Madge from DC Talk, Toby Max Band, does a rap in this song. And check it out, TammyTrent.com. Look up her music. We'll take a quick break. Wrap up our chat with Tammy here. You're listening to Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com, and WFIL app. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560, WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 452. Tammy Trent been our guest today. In addition to your music, you've written a couple of books uh, as well, right? If I have my facts straight. Yep. Learning to Breathe Again was my first book. Yeah, you can find that on the website or Amazon, anywhere online. It's got that book. The second one's a devotional called Beyond the Sorrow. Another great book. So you can find them online anywhere, really. And, of course, the music's there and on iTunes. Um, you can listen to and grab your favorites. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so yeah. blessed, and, and it's just it's an outpouring of what God's done in my life, and to be able to share that with you guys that might need a little bit of help along the way, uh, what an honor for me. So uh, it's all available wherever wherever you buy your music and books. <laughs> well, and last question for you. How can people pray for you, Tammy? I think that right now it's a kind of a feeling of, of wanting to be right where God wants me to be, and even when you said music, it is you know, listening to the voice of God. Uh, is there music in the future? Um, is it coming off the platform? Is it is it writing another book? I want to be exactly what God wants me to be. So I think the prayer would just be, God, just, just speak to her, reveal yourself to her, and also, um, you know, continuing to surrender to God in all areas of my life, always, because that's it's not just a one-time thing for me, but it's a constant thing, surrendering different things in my life and walking in obedience. That's been a tough thing for me, and I've gotten better at that in the last probably three years of learning to walk in obedience and watching God's blessings flow into my life. So stay the course, stay focused, and stay in the things of God and caring about the things of God. Those are my prayers for my life right now. Anything that would try to separate me from my relationship with God, may I just let go of that, let go of that stuff and stay the course. Those are good words. We were actually just at dinner the other night talking about the will of God and how there's very few times in Scripture, I think, where the the passage or the point is about what should come next, what should I be doing. Yeah. It's more about who am I being yeah. and, and the things that That's God right. has given to us right now to know. In fact, there are many times it's the opposite where, there's, you know, what about that disciple? What about him? Like, I'll take care of that. Just, you know, exactly. whatever. So, in fact, uh, the, we, we were just sharing it. Every now and again, we'll say to somebody at the dinner table, why don't you talk tonight? Why don't you share what God's been teaching? Anything you want to share, whatever it is. And this particular person had said something about uh, that. And I'm kind of like thinking like, well, maybe God just gives us things and say, well, Tammy, what do you want to do? do you, would you like to write a book? Would you like to do another yeah. album? Like what kind of what's close to your heart? Not like follow your dream and whatever, all about you. But just he gave you desires and skills and abilities and all that. So well, what are you feeling like? Well, I think, Lord, I, I'd like another album or I'd like to write another book. I really have, you know, like, and then just, okay, well, go ahead. <laughs> you know? hundred percent. It's that vision board. Have a vision board. Write down on that vision board what your heart is, what your dreams are, what your desires are. And, and you've got, it has to start there. So have a vision. I even have on my vision board, a lot of, a lot of my girlfriends will laugh at me because they'll, they'll see a guy. You know, we'd be talking about a guy and they're yeah. like, hey, TT, like, do you want to date that guy or would you, okay, is that guy your type or whatever? And we would just get the biggest laugh because I, my response, especially if I'm not attracted to a certain guy, is always, look, he's not on my vision board. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's so funny. So the whole thing is like, TT, is he on your vision board? I'm like, nope, he's got, nope, nope, that's not going to work for me. 
That's very funny. By the way, do you still uh, do speaking engagements every now and again at women's conferences? or? It's all I do. Actually, it's probably 99% of what I do is women's events all across the country. And, of course, they've all been postponed and rescheduled at the moment. I think my next one is in August in Chattanooga. It's a sold-out event with um, Jennifer Rothschild. She's okay. amazing. I do a lot with her. And then I've got, I think I've got like a three-day women's event in Myrtle Beach in September. So we'll see if those are still happening or if they'll be pushed back again. Um, I haven't had an event since February because everything's been canceled or pushed back. I had yeah. a huge music festival in Michigan I was supposed to do in August, so that's been pushed back another year. But thank God he's still providing for me. I don't feel like I, you know, there's anything that I need. Somehow he's providing, you know, probably for all of us. It's, it's not the same, yeah. but I still have a home and I still have a car and I'm able to eat food. So he is providing and making a way. And at the same time, I just look at this time as like, let me reset let me rest. Let me just spend this time with family and friends. And, and we'll, you know, it, it's not the end of the world, although that it feels like it is, but God is still in control. And when it's the end, he will say, it's the end. Come home, welcome home. But right now, I'm going to be faithful with the time I've been given. And um, when I get back out on the road, I will love it and I will be all in. Um, but yes, it's probably 99% of what I'm doing is women's events and women's conferences all across the country and internationally. So a lot of that has stopped right now, but, um, but I can't wait to, to get back out there with the girls. Very good. TammyTrent.com to look up uh, all these different things you've been hearing about and again, the podcast of our conversation on our site in a little while here at WFIL.com. Tammy, uh, a uh, virtual hug for you. And it's great to hear your voice Aww. again after all these years. And thank you for sharing the, you know, and, and really ultimately pointing pointing folks upward to to the one hallelujah right yes thank you so much and can i can i end the call with i love you timmy d (laughs) yes you may yeah yes i do i love you and i appreciate you and all the many years you've invested in my life and playing so much fun music back in the day i thank you i appreciate you so much god bless you and may you continue to prosper your life in every area of your life right back at you yeah, I'll take it. All right. Tammy Trent, our guest today, TammyTrent.com. For more info, she's celebrating 25 years in music ministry and, for that matter, writing, speaking engagements, and a lot more. If you're looking for music that'll encourage your spirit, lift you up, get you dancing a bit, too, and a powerful story, for sure, going on in her life, ongoing. Uh, listen to the podcast, if you wish, on our homepage at WFL.com. Again, coming up in about an hour. It should be available or less. Jim Max and Max 413 Ministries uh, leads in prayer next. Have a wonderful evening. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.